from Captain's Lament in The Ones That Got Away by Stephen Graham Jones. And if I'm to be honest here, yes, I did indeed stop trying, finally. But the body breathes whether you want it to or not. The heart keeps beating, perhaps because it knows more than you do, knows that past this experience, a whole new life will open up, and whatever infirmities persist, they can be dealt with one by one. This is Gothic. It's Tiny Rick! (laughs) I've been binge-watching Rick and Morty episodes. Well, that was an exciting uh, pre-game chat. Yeah, we got it all out. Now we have nothing to say. Before we actually hit record. We're losers. Yeah. No, not really. (laughs) Clip my fingernails, so I don't need to do that. Um... I clipped mine also. It was nice. (laughs) There's there's nothing quite like going from having like way too long fingernails to like satisfyingly short fingernails. It's so nice. I always find it more satisfying, I think, with the longer ones, except then they get in the way. I don't like them. I played the piano for many years as a kid, and I uh from what I, I gained from that is mostly a lifetime um dislike of having fingernails very much longer than like completely all the way down to the quick. <laughs> Jesse's just making claw hands, so <laughs> And he's doing the thriller dance. It's so weird. <laughs> it's not that weird. <laughs> and he's dressed like the horror from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know why. And now he's walking like an Egyptian. I don't, yeah. I mean, we can say he's doing literally anything because it's a podcast. <laughs> Jesse has a jetpack and is now launching himself up through the roof of his house. Oh, wow. He's going all the way up to the moon, which has a face on it, like in that uh, that really old uh, motion picture with the with the rocket that lands in the moon's eye. Except for it's all painted blue, and it's named Luna up the side. <laughs> and yeah. it's going right to so, the moon. And it's singing, uh, I'm blue, da ba dee da ba I was going to ask, is it Elton John or David Bowie that you're, that's on the radio while this is happening? You know, I think it's a duet, Elton John and David Bowie together. How did there that not ever happen? I mean, now that you say <laughs> that. Oh, well, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. I don't think that ever happened. That That is a thing. That, I'm thinking of Bing Crosby. As we all do at one point <laughs> during the day. <laughs> now, I was thinking of that. Uh, they did like a Little Drummer Boy duet. Um, David Bowie and Bing Crosby. I'm Tiny Rick! That was the whole song. You just sang the entire song perfectly, the duet of uh, <laughs> Bing Crosby. And you know, uh, Slash of Guns N' Roses, his mother was a costume designer for David Bowie and at On and Off Girlfriend. I did not know that. Yeah, I read his uh, autobiography, which is interesting because it, there's a lot of interesting stuff in the book, but you know how usually when people write an autobiography, they make themselves sound probably better than they are? If that autobiography is making him better than he really is, then wow, because he does not come across as a very nice person in his own autobiography. Uh, When last we left our Elk Island inheritors... Oh, no. uh, Things were... had been quiet for a little while. It had been a bit of of talky talk with Owl at the uh, Bad Fish, and then you all... Rented a, a houseboat, a converted tugboat houseboat from Sweet. Verbo. Hey, Verbo people, if you would like to uh, buy <laughs> ad space on our <laughs> podcast, we are absolutely willing to sell out to you. Uh, Owl and and Jason went around and put salt all around the outside of the of the tugboat, and then at all the doors and. Then uh, Jason came in to the room uh, where Carl was sleeping, muttering something in his dreams about find the lost. And this triggered something in Jason. And knowledge from another place came through. Sorry about that for those of you who are only listening to the Elk Island episodes on the YouTube playlist. (laughs) This shock of knowledge from another universe uh, apparently stopped Jason's heart 
and he collapsed. Owl and Carl ran to him, trying to help, but it, it seemed like it was too late. Jason was dead, yet Gigi heard a whisper, not in her ear, but in her mind, and it was maybe the voice of the book that she acquired from William Kitteridge, or the thing that used to be William Kitteridge, and it whispered, I can save him. And so begins this episode of the Gothic Podcast. <laughs> well, that was terrifying. And your little dog, too. No, not the dog. Not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Here's what we've got. We have this uh, bit of bit of chaos going on in the um, main living area of the tugboat. Gigi, what do you do? Um, yeah, so I've been thinking about this actually, like, you know, would she, would she agree to this immediately or would she not? And, um, I think, I think where Gigi's at is like, like Gigi likes to feel in control of things. She's not like super into like uh, other things, having more power over her than, than she has over them. And, uh, so I think currently first, what I'm going to do is search for a, um, an AED, uh, and see if there's one of those and a first aid kit, you know, on the, uh, on the tug. Before you do that, though, because you do have a, if you recall, a black spot, so to speak, <laughs> true. in your um, survival points, um, I'm going to have you roll against the persuade of the book. Okay. And so if you want to roll dissuade or escape, to actually escape or protect sound like the best choices. Dissuade's still better, so can I use that still? <laughs> Dissuade is my best stat out of all of those. As you try so. to talk the book out of... Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, shut up. Go away, you book. <laughs> all right. We'll see if your Dissuade will can overcome it. Uh, This one is uh, cocked, so I'm going to re-roll it. Okay. All right. It's a, it's a 15, so it could be worse. That is actually going to be enough. Although it's very tight, and so uh, you feel it there prying at the back of your mind, trying to get you to open the book, to find the spell, to bring forth the magic needed, the magic that only this island can provide, ancient, ancient mm. magic, pet cemetery magic, to bring Jason <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah, Gigi, uh, Gigi's face hardens, and, and it's just like, no. And uh, I'm going to find a flat surface and uh, stick the book on it real quick and go look for an AED. So while you do that, Jason, in your death space, it is not darkness and lack of consciousness. It is not the void. It is not hell or heaven. It's a breakfast nook in a, a small house uh, with light coming in through the windows and sitting across from you in a bench seat is Skeen. And Skeen has just said to you, Hey, bro, thanks for tearing my head off. And in fact, said head is not on Skeen's body, but rather on the plate in front of them. Oh, my God. Oh, no, there's a plate. Oh, no. And that's what's talking. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> But you just served that up for us on a silver platter. Hey. Oh. 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 Take a survival point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Now, I've made plenty of puns, and you've never given me a survival yeah, but see, point. I went full on dad joke with it. That's, that's, that's fair. Thing. That's fair. Apparently, that's the threshold. Yours are funny, though, Sharon. <laughs> That's their own reward. Funny. Next, he's going to start taking survival points and raising the tracker and all of that. Yeah, that, that's what I'm afraid of. I'll make some pun, and he'll be like, give me a survival point. Yeah, that was probably my one. Uh, he doesn't want to continue to reward me for such bad behavior. How are people looking yeah, on yeah, survival yeah. points, this. actually? You just doubled mine. Yeah, I have two, um, but one is is not useful to me at this time because so it's everybody black. has two, and one of Sharon's, I'm sorry, one of Gigi's is black dun, dun, as dun. night. 
Okay. That's quite the image to put in front of me. Um, am I still in the dual lucidity realm? Did, Good question. Or did, or did I have like a big shock and now I'm here? I believe that it was, I, I specified uh, Jason. So I believe it is just you, uh, your consciousness, Jason, although you do have those foggy memories, those foggy memories. of the information that LJ was able to okay. impart. All right. Uh, do I still have a clear realization of the memories that came flooding in from the eye under the weather station? Yes. Okay. Clear being relative. Right. Well, because there's holes, it's like, I, I got like such quick flash images that I know that this happened. Okay. Skeen, I'm sorry. I don't even know why or how this happened. Can you tell me why? Hey, bro. No biggie. Well, I mean, it's kind of a biggie. And what they do is um, the, the the mouth of Skeen's head was actually moving there, but it it's kind of difficult for it to do. It's kind of mumbly because it's on the plate. So Skeen uh, picks their head up and then kind of just moves the jaw to make the talking a little bit better. Like with your, your hand? <laughs> oh my god. That's so dark. And they say, bro, you were being puppeted. You know, yeah, why couldn't you have chosen, you know, revamped Carl? Sure. You know, why'd you have to go for me? Or, you know, hey, if you just needed a, you know, set of dead eyes to put on the um, on the elevator to make it work, why didn't you go for, like, you know, dead Carl? But uh, whatevs, man, you know? One day I knew I was going to bite it, and I figured it'd be driving something real fast. But, uh, hey, if I had to be killed by somebody, nobody I'd rather kill me than you. I mean, all things considered, taking it very well. That's so weirdly sweet. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Skeen, this is really disturbing, and... Yeah, tell me about it. I, wa I wasn't in control of myself, and I... I... I I wasn't myself when that happened. I remember it now, but I'm so sorry. I miss you already. We hardly knew each other. Flap, flap, flap goes the, the lips of the uh, corpse head. God. We hardly knew what we would know. What I do know is it's not the musical episode. That's what I was about to say. I was, I was about <laughs> to say, so like, all deadpan, be like, skiing. This isn't the musical episode, man. <laughs> now, karma has come all the way back around, and now Patrick is the one who's singing. <laughs> yes. You know, hey, you're dead here, um, right along with me, right? So we can be siblings forever here at this breakfast nook, because I haven't been able to leave this breakfast nook. Do you know how I've died? Um, blow to the head? No, I don't think so. Heart attack? God, I hope not. Gout? Yeah, no. Dinosaur? All right, this is, I can see, a pointless game. Why haven't you tried to leave this place, Skeen? <laughs> I'm dead. It's kind of hard to, you know, my head is literally like luggage. So what I do is, is I actually go over to try and help them put their head back on. And like, I just grab it and put it right back on top of their shoulders and just shift it back and forth like I'm screwing it on. And then you let go and it falls off. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Thump. Does it really? Yep. And Skeen picks their head back up, and they say, Look, bro, I'm, I'm kind of just messing with you. I don't know, maybe I've got a, just a few, a few minutes here or whatever before I move on. I, I don't know. I, there's not been a really bright light, but... Then again, we're in a breakfast nook, so the window's kind of bright. I might have to go through the window. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. It's not, there's no manual. Do I have to go with you? There was a menu, but there wasn't a manual. I don't think so. I mean, I was kind of just messing with you about the whole being dead and spending eternity together part where I just like make bad jokes about my head being torn off. But there, there is some things I can tell you, and um, I, I think we need to, you know, I need to get that information across to you uh, before... 
you like go back if you go back and then if you don't go back then you know i mean i'm what else do we have to do really so is there any way i can bring you back uh, um you know what a week ago i would have said given my experience in um you know hospice and driving a ambulance i would have said no way man but uh gotta tell you elk island don't know in any case the more important part is dude there's a dead god buried under fog mountain i think i i'm pretty sure at this point that that is where and you know what can come back from the dead dead gods so how do we keep this god from coming back well, first of all, you got to decide if you want to. Second, if you decide you want to, then, um, oh man, I don't know, but part of it has to do with its healing. It, something broke, like when it fell. I don't know. I saw some weird, like, glimpses of things down there in the, in the, in the caves. And did you see them? Did you see what? like the fall from the sky and the the crash and the and then it's like something was broken off i i ended up with so many memories i can't sort them out and it's there's there always seems to be more adding on as i go along somebody will say something and then all of a sudden my brain shuts down and goes through these flashes of memories and i think your i think your grandfather Lazarus Sr.? Yeah. I think your grandfather, Lazarus Kane Sr., I think he had something to do with helping to heal. The God? Helping the healing process to to go faster? I, I don't know. I mean, I just saw glimpses. But, I mean, he was in a cave somewhere. Not those we, that we were in, but somewhere else. And, I don't know, there was chanting. Funky. Funky. Funky Cold Medina, man. That's probably what's in that book. Medina? I don't even know what Medina is. Is it like a drink? Or is it some kind of food? And if it is, do you eat it cold? All of the above, scene. All of the above. And then if it's really funky, do you... And that scene trails off. As we go back into the real world of the tugboat, the non-deadlands, and Carl, what are you doing? CPR. CPR. All right. Do, 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 CPR, do, 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 sorry. Baby shark CPR? (laughs) (laughs) It's fast. (laughs) I'm I'm doing the, the, you know, the thing where you're like, come on, man, come out of it, come back, come on, man. You know, like, somehow you're shouting encouragement at the person, because apparently that, (laughs) that, that's helpful. You're saying you're trying to persuade Jason to come back (laughs) into the... Into the world. I don't recall saying that, but I mean, it sounds like it a little, so I understand what you're saying. What I'm looking for here is a nine and a four. Oh, goodness. Why do you, no, why do you do tempt not. fate like that? Let's see what we got here. It is not a nine and a four. It is a bit of an auspicious roll. It's a ten and a three. <laughs> no. no. It's a ten and a one. So I got, uh-uh. I got both ends of the spectrum on that, but that does make it a 17. Ooh, wow. Nice. 17. Well, Jason, there's a moment where you think, well, everything in the breakfast nook goes a little dark, and there's a cracking pain in your chest. You feel like one way or the other, whether you're going on or going back, you don't have long. Anything you would like to do or say? Um, yeah, does... Uh, I, I, I question, first of all, does Skeen... Um fade with the nook it's all kind of going toward black and white even skein so skein's still there but they are they're going into a sort of a noir mode okie dokie okay skein skein i'm sorry to interrupt i don't think i have a lot of time left here if i am going back and i i need you to tell me anything else that you might know and what we can do well, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure. I thought that was pretty important information. I mean, enough to, I guess, hang around in the breakfast nook of the dead to tell you. Hmm. I guess maybe if there's anything else, uh, I need to be reminded of it. You probably ought to try identify. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh dear. He rolled a no. I rolled an eight. <laughs> one dice. 
one dice come up as N and the other come up as O. I it's an eight weird. and a five. And a five. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait. No, you. T- <laughs> Freaking kidding me! I mean, I, I, my math uh. could be off on this, <laughs> but an eight and a five. That's what, like, that's twelve a, and a that's half. That's sixteen, right? That's a. <laughs> it's a fourteen minus one. <laughs> <laughs> we do like superstitious hotels, and we just don't count that. We go next, so that's actually a yeah, fourteen. Just, yeah, it's actually a fourteen. Yeah, you round up. You hear Skeen say one last thing before they fade away forever. They say, "Hey, bro, remember." If you want to really memorialize me, wear parachute pants. (laughs) (laughs) And then you are in darkness, but that darkness is not empty. That darkness is filled with something, and that something says, Hello, cousin. It's me, William. And now it's time for you to be William. What? Meanwhile, back in the tugboat. What? <laughs> oh, no. Gigi, you have not found a... I mean, you found a uh, first aid kit, but there's bandages and some, uh, like, sunscreen in it. <laughs> but what you did find was a, like, a battery charger. Oh, that's... That's... Carl, I found this battery charger. Can you do anything with this? I don't know enough about electricity to... Uh, do you want me to start a car? Um, I'm. I th- I was looking for one of those things with the paddles where you shout clear and he jerks awake. Yes, you mean uh, what are those? A defibrillator? Yes. 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 Uh, no, that would be much more handy. Uh, do you have one? <sighs> no, I'll go look in the restroom. And, and Carl's like one, two, three, four. <laughs> Actually, you do. I'll take over. You do it, and then call nine one one. Oh yes, yes nine nine one one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So uh, you take over and, uh, you know, Carl still has to kind of remember some things from time to time. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, that exists. <laughs> so he, he starts looking around and he, the first thing he looks for is a phone. You know, does somebody here have like a cell phone? You don't see any cell phones, but what you do hear is a thump on the deck of the boat. Well, that's not good. And so do you, Gigi. And Allison even goes, what was that? Sounds like a body hitting the the deck. Yeah, that's cheerful. Yeah, there's no way that's good for us. And Al says, well, we tried to put up protections as best we could. So maybe it's, I don't know, fishermen? Probably not, though, yeah. Carl does the deep sigh. Okay, uh, uh, yes, I'm going to go check that out. Al is like to Gigi, I don't know if any of these... And he, he's taking his shirt off again, uh, because that's, that's his go-to. So Al is taking his shirt <laughs> off, uh, unbuttoning it, and then, and then just pulls it off, and he's like looking down at all the tattoos that are on him, all those symbols from fiction and mythology and folklore that he has on his body. And, and he's going, I mean, there's ones for healing that I think might work on me. I don't know that they'd work on somebody else. Uh, well, try, damn it. What about me? Says the book in your head, Gigi. You know, I can do it. Grit my teeth. Anything? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, all right, I'll, I'll try. Go ahead, Jason, and roll escape. Okay. I'm so freaking out right now. I know. Like, do I have to do William's voice if he takes me over? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh. Okay, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's, an, I mean, that's two tens, Ooh, so... that is a double. You get a survival oh, point. Go. I get a survival point back. So that's um, escape 26. Excellent, nice. Yeah, you are here in this darkness, and you hear William, and worse yet, you feel William. It's an oiliness all around you. But there's also all these other presences inside of William, uh, most of which you don't recognize, um, but a couple that you you have a vague feeling of identity from them. Uh, two, in fact. Kit Kitteridge, 
and Candace Kane. And then, in all of that oily darkness, there is a light. It is a symbol, a blazing symbol of, not of fire, but almost like of plasma, glowing in the darkness, beating back the darkness. And now you see William Kitteridge there in the void between life and death. You see his uh, figure wrapped in writhing coils of shadowy tendrils of darkness. And you see those other bodies, those other people um, struggling and writhing as if they are trying to push their way up through, you know, hardened oil or latex or uh, black plastic. And you have a choice. You have three choices. Well, you have a choice to make between three outcomes. You angel wing into town. You angel wing to the complicated angels. <laughs> or you go back 10 feet. Yes. So which one of those do you know? Um, you may go through that blazing light and back into Jason there on the tugboat. You may uh, allow the light to burn you away and you may move on into that probably much better place beyond. You now know there are dead gods, and you have talked to the dead body of your half-sibling. So there is, as far as you know, an afterlife. Or, of course, you can always dive right on into William and, uh, and be, become part of the darkness. Who knows what powers and knowledge await you there. The symbol. Is it encompassing everything? Or is it like part of William? No, the symbol is somehow apart, different from, separate from William, illuminating the everything hereness that is William. And it's the it's the thing given off the light, right? It is the doorway. Okay. Or it is the fire that sh- that would burn you, and William is the darkness that can take you. As as I'm focusing on the symbol and trying to ingrain it in my memory, I take that lifeline back to. Jason. As Owl traces one of the symbols, he tried one other one, Gigi, and nothing happened. But when he traces this other one, it glows for a moment, sparking. And then Jason jerks up on the table and goes, (gasps) Oh, I knew I saw that symbol on your arm. (laughs) And then... Jason leans over the side of the of the table and just starts throwing up black goo. Oh, I get away from that. At about the same time, Carl, you go up the stairs and you are there in a in a space that uh, open. There's a door that opens out on the deck, and then in the other direction, there's a, a loungy living room area that's surrounded by windows. And out on the deck, you see dark slug-like things pulling themselves up over the edge of the railings and flopping onto the deck of the boat. Some of them hit the, the salt that is laid down and begin to writhe and, and uh, struggle and uh, start to melt in on themselves, coil in on themselves. But many more just flop on in and then as soon as they're on the deck, their four parts rise up and you can see their leech-like heads and the numerous long, very needle-like teeth. So Carl's going to kind of look at these creatures for a moment and he's going to kind of half stick his head out towards them and just say, hey, I don't suppose my luck go out for the better and you're helpful, black, evil-looking <laughs> slugs. One of them that's very close to you turns toward the sound of your voice, opens its round maw, and you can see blood-red skin in its throat, and it goes... (laughs) And then lunges toward you. That's a a very harsh language, and I, I don't speak it, but it feels like a no. So I'm going to very quickly try to duck back in and slam the door closed. Yep. Roll escape. Let's see here. Big move. That is not an amazing roll there. Uh, that is a total of 12. 
you you start to close the door, but it like wedges its body in, and all you get is sort of a a spongy splorp sound as the door hits it and then bounces off of it. I'm gonna attempt to like just give it a boot, see if maybe I can knock it back long enough to get the door closed. That will be my roll then. It's going to roll pursue. May roll my dice here. Thirteen. What's your uh, escape? Uh, what is my escape? Uh, sixteen. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, you. Well, d- describe describe the scene to me. You you win. Well, I figure it's very much the uh, the scene like with an alien. You know, I, I, it kind of like wedges its its head in the door since it's just a slug. You know, it doesn't have a lot of uh, appendages to work with here. And and that weird little jaw thing is trying to just work its way through and get at me. So Carl is trying to wedge the door closed and it's fighting against. So he stops for a second, jerks the door just partially open, and as it kind of slumps forward and surprised, not knowing what to do, he just gives it a big old boot, big old size 11 right there in the middle of it, and it, it flops back just enough that he can slam the door closed. Your boot comes back dripping with slime, but now... There are multiple of these things on the deck, and they their sucker faces are all like splatted up against the windows that surround this this main deck living area. Carl's going to kind of turn his head towards you know the other end of the boat where the the people are, and just be like, "Hey, do we have any more of that salt?" Just kind of bellow at that direction, and then I'll I'll head back down to give them the good news. Have you heard of? Slugs? I want to talk to you about slugs <laughs> from the sea. Gigi, Jason? Yes. Uh, you guys hear Carl yelled out, hey, we have any more of that salt? And then um, he comes uh, pounding down the stairs and into the room, uh, just as you hear glass breaking up uh, on deck. What's happening out there? William. Would you believe some sort of uh, what? evil slea slug? Sea slugs. Wait, evil slea slugs and also William? That's <laughs> yes. the same thing. Slea slugs from the slea shore. <laughs> I, can, I can never do that one either. I think it's William. Wait, what? William found me. Oh my god, you're alive. Hi, Carl. Uh, yes, uh, welcome I back. I also talked to Skeen. I mean, thank goodness. Wait, what? 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 I also talked to Skeen, and I think we're in way over our heads. There's something going on about a fallen god, and... Golly, Jason. In over our heads. Grandpa Lazarus... I never would have expected. ...was trying to resurrect it. You mean, you mean the mountain? The god. I, this whole island is a fallen god. I'm going to start looking through the uh, cabinets for more salt. I look around. Is the book still nearby? Can I see it as I glance around the room? Yeah, uh, Gigi just put it on a uh, table. Also, Gigi, uh, there is some of the bag of salt left from where uh, Jason dropped it when he uh, collapsed to the floor. Because he had just cool. come back in with it. I'll um, grab it and uh, turn to Carl and be like, where are they? Where are they coming in? Where do we need this most? Carl's going to stop for a moment and consider like what are all the areas, uh, especially anything with glass and windows that they would probably be coming in. Is there anything other than the area we're in doesn't have any windows, right? Right. It's the what used to be the engine room. Then I'll uh, I'll put a really big thick line of salt midway like down the stairs. As you're doing so, one of these things appears at the top of the stairs, only partially lit by moonlight coming in through the the windows or maybe it's from the lights on the dock and what little light is uh, bleeding into the stairwell from these lower rooms and it is dark and wet looking it is mottled though uh with with like iridescent colors almost along it its body uh, but it looks to be blind and very slug slash eel slash leech like. I just want to chuck a handful of salt at it. Can I do that up the stairs? Just like uh, roll assault. <laughs> Get it? Roll hey. assault. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, universe, for combining to make this pun happen. <laughs> uh, it's a fifteen total. Uh, yes. So you you hit it with a big handful of salt, and it screeches (laughs) 
and this one's my text alert now. You're going to hear that go off every time somebody texts me at work, <laughs> and you're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> Uh, just like a slug would, if you poured salt on it, it just sort of shrivels up as it screams. Then its husk just sort of falls partway down the stairs until the those fangs are a couple of steps above you. The fangs in a in a weird, desiccated, dried up blanket, a leech blanket. <laughs> Delicious. Um, if I have any salt left over, I'm just going to dump the entire thing out on the stairs. Well, that was one. Those of you uh, downstairs hear that sound. <laughs> <laughs> and more distantly, you hear you hear some more of that up on the deck. As I'm sorry, what sound was that, Patrick? You might have to repeat it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, okay. <laughs> Gigi, you stagger back into the, into the uh, lounge area down there, the kitchen dining room area. We're stuck in here. Carl kind of look over at the book. And uh, look over and uh, then look back at the other people and say, I'm, I, I'm assuming if that's William, as you say, this is what he's after. I think it's what he's always been after in a way. I mean, besides whatever he does to the people that he has. He has yeah. people? Candace and Kit are still in there. Uh, they're still in where? William. It's not. Um... Join us, says the book in Gigi's head. Oh. Does it transfer over to mine since I went over and grabbed the book? No. Wait, you okay. picked the book up? I did. Jason, put that down. No. It's not, I this don't is think the it's answer. safe. Jason, it's not. Could, if William wants it, it means it's not a good thing. It's dangerous. Could they be the loss? It could just be knowledge, and knowledge is neither good nor evil, but is a tool. I agree with you in theory, but in this case, I think it isn't something that you want. Gigi, roll an identify. Ooh. Is this something? Oh, never mind. I rolled really well. It's a 19 plus 4, so 23. Uh, Wait. <laughs> Hold on, because she rolled for the leech. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Should be me. Dang it! <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's see. Let me roll two d20s. No. <laughs> All right. Dr. Grace, uh, you are in a room. Oh, shit. He did it to you, too. With a, a couple of people that you only vaguely know, um, and you think one of them might be Nathan Winters, and one of them might be LJ, but they seem like distant knowledge uh, or distant acquaintances at the moment. It's all very kind of weird. But you see a battery charger nearby uh, is the first thing that your uh, mind grasps a hold of and you see a toaster and you see a waffle maker and you see a uh, book of vast magics and your brain uh, wants to put all of those together into for some reason some sort of leech destroying device um but uh, part of your brain isn't sure that that's a good idea so <laughs> go <laughs> Hmm. 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 Could I, um, hmm. <laughs> yes, you may, hmm. You may indeed, hmm, <laughs> all you like. All right, here we go. Hmm. Um, could I perhaps put together something, uh, what I'm thinking of is a shield to protect the tugboat for the rest of the night, similar to how Grace uh, defended the apartment above the theater. Back in uh, Macon, Missouri, it's a place in season one. <laughs> you can uh, essentially use your weird, uh, your weird science uh, to okay. create a device that would uh, do a use magic effect that would bar a place, okay, bar a person or type of creature to a uh, to a place. Right. Let me get my uh, my 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 grace dice out. Okay. Uh, eight plus two is ten, which in Monster of the Week is a positive roll. Yes, it is. The magic works without issues. Choose your effect. Oh, I can do it to a specific person or type of creature. Because I was going to bar it to just William and all of his minions, but uh, he's not the only one after us here. So I'll do specific type of creature and just bar it to... By the way, you're not going to need to even open the book. You just need to attach one of the... Uh, you need to attach the negative connector of the, of <laughs> the, the uh, battery, battery terminal. 
to it and then um, the other part of it to the toaster or the waffle maker, whichever one you want. Yeah, so I'll uh, connect the negative battery terminal to the, you know, when you hardcover books, when you like, you know how when you open them, like the inner spine curves and then the outer spine like is protecting the inner spine. And so there's like a little space in there and I'll hook it into that space and um, hook the other end into the toaster. <laughs> and I'm going to plug the toaster in and then press the thing down. <laughs> A voice uh, in your in some part of your head uh, says, "What are you doing, Gigi?" You know, it's interesting that you should ask me that because um, you are attempting, in fact, my dear book, to do the same thing which I am, in fact, doing to Gigi uh, as we speak. And I'll plug the thing in. You don't want to do that, Gigi. Oh, I rather think I do. Damn it, woman. <laughs> And there is a crackling of black energy that just sort of fogs around the book and the battery charger and the toaster. I step back from it. And then there is a crackling and a popping from inside the toaster. And then it goes, ka-ching, as it pops <laughs> up. There is that horrible screeching all around up above you as leech things are essentially all withered and saltified in place and then blown backwards off of the boat by some otherworldly pseudo-scientific <laughs> science-mancy stuff. And Carl, you hear in your head a voice as well. Uh, but it is the voice of a woman. And she says, It's too soon. You haven't saved the lost. Don't bring them out yet. Carl has that moment where he's looking and he he's the look on his face is something along the lines of, have I finally lost it? Oh, yeah. You also just saw Gigi like move with uh, un Gigi like speed and directness over to the <laughs> over to all these mechanical things and just start grabbing them and hooking them together. <laughs> when she casts that spell. Is, is there something that, like, do we see any aspect of that, or is it just Gigi got weird? It got weird, but it also got weirder, because there is that black smoke. All of you have been touched by death, except maybe Allison and Owl. You all see it as this dark energy from the book that is being drawn into the... A toaster in some way, and then used to create this effect that you can feel that the the after effect of magic thrumming in the air, and in fact, owl drops to his knees and uh, like just sort of clutches at his chest as he tries to put pressure on the pain that's happening as all of his tattoos just sort of start stinging him at once, although you don't know that that's what's happening but uh, but that's what it, it looks like. He's being stung by like a thousand bees is the expression on his face. And Allison is just backed up into a corner and looking around for a weapon. Uh, Carl's going to look at Gigi and say, we no, we can't. We, we can't. Not the book yet. We've got to we've got to save the loss. They, they they're they're still in, I, I think they're in there somewhere do i know what this means am i still dual consciousnessing as a uh, dr grace and Gigi? you are and the problem is that you know that um carl slash nathan winters is interpreting it wrong that the more he says about the lost the more you are becoming yourself and remembering who you are and if you remember too far it's going to pull you out okay I'll, um, hmm. So you may either roll Act Under Pressure as <laughs> Dr. Grace or Escape as Gigi. You call it. Either one of them as a success will result in the same, same thing. Your knowledge of Dr. Grace will become a muddied yeah. fantasy memory. I'm going to give Doc one more roll and do Act Under Pressure. Act Under oh. Pressure. Well, I shouldn't have done that because I rolled a six total. Well, that's an experience point unless you want to spend a luck to make it a, a full success. I like never use luck in this game. Maybe I'll do that. All right. So no experience point then, but you... Yes, yes, yes. It is a full success in that case. And you collapse unconscious to the floor. Oh, dear. Very similarly to what happened to Jason. Jason drops the book and rushes over to Gigi. Gigi, are you okay? Gigi? Don't roll a 13. That's all I... 
<laughs> Gigi, as I'm like shaking her and trying to to rouse her up. Go ahead and roll. Do it. Do an identify there, Jason. Okay, that's a thirteen. No. Oh wait, thirteen total. Thirteen total. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, F- failure is fine, but thirteens are not. <laughs> she appears to. She does appear to be alive. She's breathing, but she is not conscious. And something else strange is going on, as if there's more strangeness. The book, uh, still attached to the battery charger and the toaster, begins bouncing up and down. (laughs) (laughs) And then there, it, it like levitates a little bit and then vanishes. Oh, no. What? Is my spell still in place? Well, you don't know for sure, but there's quiet up above. So Gigi's unconscious. The ends of the battery charger just drop to the, the floor with a clatter. The toaster smokes. Well, that's new. Owl, is there anything you can do for Gigi? Ouch. <laughs> um, uh, wait, um, oh, uh, Owl tries to get him get his composure. He pats himself carefully and then very gingerly stands up and goes over to uh Gigi. I uh I don't know, maybe. I mean, I can try the same symbol I used on you and he traces that one, but it will depend on what I roll. I'm going to roll a protect. He has a pretty good protect. 16 and 16 is good. He grimaces and goes, ah, ah, as uh, the um, sparks fly off of the the symbol and apparently hurt him a lot more than what they have in the past. And Gigi, you uh, regain consciousness. It doesn't even take you a survival point. Good. (laughs) Because I don't have very many. (laughs) Did it work? Um, What just happened? Uh, The book seemed to have uh, taken its leave. What? I roll over and I look for the book. (laughs) It seems to have taken its leave. We can't hear the things up on deck anymore. That's good. Owl is a wizard. I'm not a wizard. (laughs) Well, what would you say then? I'm I'm an FBI agent with some tattoos on him (laughs) that do weird, weird shit. That's what I am. (laughs) I want to walk over to where the book was and just kind of like feel the area and just see if it's gone invisible or if it's really gone, gone. It appears to be gone, gone. You don't feel anything there other than a sort of a heaviness in the air. Hmm. Can I go over there and, like, do the same thing? Um, sure, but even that heaviness is starting to fade by the time you get over there. It's odd. Well, where do you suppose that thing went? I don't know, but I'm afraid of that we might need it for whatever we have to do here. We at least need to keep our eye on it. Oh, and then Allison says, oh, oh, fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. Allison. Just like Allison. <laughs> I knew you had it in you. If you were a evil Necronomicon book that could teleport, where would you go? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But I don't know what to do about it. I'll kick one of the cabinets. Yeah, says L. We're not getting our deposit back, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I think the United States government can pay for some salt on the floor. Something broke. What? Something broke. And that's what happened with the dead god. And if we can figure out what that was... We can break it more? Or unbreak it? What are we trying to do? I had the impression that this 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 dead god was an incredibly negative entity, but do you think something different? I think it's healing. I think it's trying to rise. And I think Lazarus Sr. Oh, that's right. Lazarus Sr. was trying to raise it, so therefore it's evil and should be destroyed. But I worry that we need the book to be able to do that. But the book seems... What's the word? Awake. Yes, it does. I told you it had an agenda. And there's tentacle monsters on the island. Oh, yes, lots. And who are the lost? Carl, even as you begin to say the words, what about the la, Gigi? Something about that sound is very bad. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, 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 Carl. Don't, don't, don't what? That, don't say what you are about to say. Uh, um, okay, I've, I've. I spent a lot of time in the last few days being very confused, but I, I this is a new level 
and you guys are being really strange. <laughs> you just strange. Did, you just did like a little wubba wubba thing um, that made Al like pain in pain and seemed like a little magicy. And you didn't say anything about that before. Um, what did you just do? Well, I and, and you moved like really fast, like you know, movie fast. You had the book for a long time. Did you read it? Was there some, some magical incantation in there that allowed you to do that? Well, it's a wizardly tome of probably bounded human skin and all that. I'm sure there is. And, and um, uh, no, I just remember thinking that I wanted to get the leeches off the boat and thinking that salt was not going to be enough. And I just knew that if I plugged these things together, that it would do something. Well, your plan worked, so thanks for that, but... Indeed. You're like some kind of secret techno whiz. That's news to me. I can quit my day job, everybody. Uh, what is your and... day job, says Allison. Uh, um, oh, uh, <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. Uh, Speaking of weird, Carl, how old are you? Um... Uh, yes, Carl. I'm... Carl's. Uh, I think there's only one of me. Uh, I seem to be old in a young body is the best way I can. Uh, that makes sense. I have me and all my memories, but this is uh, this is my younger body. It's a strange night, says Owl. You can say that again. Wow. <laughs> so who thought the guy with the magic tattoo is going to be the most normal person on the boat? Uh... Owl. Did you recognize any of the symbols on the book? Um, there's uh, just the language. Uh, I mean, uh, just the title. Um, what was it? De Mortalis, the Death of Gods. Oh. Hmm. Or something like that. Actually, my Latin's probably my worst language. Okay, let's start with what we do know. The book is gone. William seems to want the book. Are we calling him William? Is that right? Like, kind of look over it. Call him the Shadow at this point. I don't think it's William anymore. Uh, listen, it was always William. Horrifying Shadow Abomination is much longer, so we might as well just keep using his given name. Simplicity, I like it. The book, I don't think the book would go to him. Really? Because I think it would. I think it... I assumed, Allison said, that we were thinking the same thing, but I was thinking it would go back to the library. Well, the last place we saw William was in the library. But he came after us. But maybe you're right. Because we had the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. He was, actually, no, he was in the library at first, and we went and bothered him. And found the book, and left. And what yes, has been following us with the book? My my point is that you're you're correct. I was going to argue that he was coming after us first. You know what? He did come after us first, because he came after us at the cabin. I'm convinced that was him tearing everyone apart, coming after us, rousing up the, the, the townspeople. Did I tell you that when they were in the, they were in the, the the lodge, all their eyes were black, and black slugs flowed out of the map up the mountain, and that's the only reason why Allison and I are here, standing before you today, tonight, whatever time what? it is. Yes, uh, they were all puppeted in most delightful fashion. A delightful, yeah, that's the word I would have used. Says Allison. That was sarcasm, Allison. Oh no, I got it. <laughs> and you say he has people inside him. He absorbed them. I think it's I think it's uh, part of what this god needs. Something about needing the blood, the blood of the Canes. Yes. I feel like Candace is important and you said she's in there. Uh, yes, he was specifically targeting her for consumption. But she's not a cane by blood. You know, now that you mention it, when we first encountered her in the library being threatened by William, um she was lying on top of the book. Well, he threw her across the room, and then she was lying on the book. And then you took the book away. Yes, the book. You, you, you. Uh, you said she had the book. I saw her with the book when uh, the the car accident. Yes, she was there. Wait, she was at the car accident that almost killed you. I mean, old, your older self. Yes. That technically has died now, so I guess it was successful. She was there with the book. She was there with the book, and William was there. William stabbed me. William stabbed me. Yeah, he's a terrible person. Newsflash. Hmm. I knew it when he would pull our ponytails at parties. <laughs> that's so, that's yeah. so rude. He, he's not a pleasant individual. What kind of assumptions are you trying to make? So, is 
Candace the one that the book would try to go to. But she's... I saw William, and Candace was part of William. Yes, we um heard some rather unpleasant slurping sounds as we fled the mansion, and drew some conclusions from that. Carl, roll identify. Oh, this is frightening. Roll an eight and a five. Uh, really close. That, that's an eight and a four. Oh, thank God. I, I had a moment of panic when I looked at the <laughs> dice. Uh, however, uh, identify is really good for me. So that is a 19. I mean, you don't know for sure. It could be sentient, and therefore it might be able to choose if it can like go someplace. But uh, the very, very, very little that Carl knows about magic is mostly wrapped up in what he learned from his brother growing up. And then, you know, only peripherally. But you do know that your father had a secret library there in the manor, adjunct to the library itself, that uh, they're very well, if, if magic is a real thing, then there could be like a recall mechanism if it's taking damage or something. So Carl, well, he's, you can tell he's sitting there thinking. He, he has this thinking face on. Um, and he keeps doing the, the thing with his hand where he's almost like rubbing his, his cheeks down to his chin. And, you know, he's been, he's normally very calm and collected, but he, he has an almost anxious and nervous look to him. Carl, you have your thinking face on. You know, my mind has always been on my brother since he's the one that set this in motion. Mm-hmm. My mind kept thinking that he was the centerpiece, but he really wasn't, was he? It was, well, it was my father. I think so. That seems to be the case. If he was the centerpiece, and he had the book longer than anyone else, you know, I think I know where the book is. TG, when you saw the book in the library, was it in the library, or was it in the other library? I knew there was another library. Uh, no, it was in the main library uh, underneath Candace's uh, unconscious body. Again, Carl stops, and he thinks, you know, they never found him. Oomst. My father. <laughs> Uh, wait. Is 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 death? This this horrible old person doesn't have a verified death because they never found a body. That's cheerful. I know. Uh, I mean, obviously he'd be of an advanced age now, but and Carl kind of gestures to himself. Oh no! So apparently, things like this are within the realm of possibilities. Now, as much as I didn't want that book to be in the hands of William, I really, really, really do not want it to be in the hands of Lazarus Kane Sr. Which begs to uh, which brings to mind... We've got to find if, it. If that's possible, then it may be that no one is who they seem. Jason? Yes? Roll identify. Okay. <laughs> no whammies, no whammies. Big buddy. Ooh, that is really good. Um, let's see. Uh... Hey, 21. Ooh. 21. In your various flashes that you have in your head from there beneath Fog Mountain, you remember one now. You remember a figure standing in a cave, the same cave where the group of people were chanting. But now you put it together with another memory. One that wasn't in the dream world. One that you had, as you looked down at the slab of rock that the locals call... The finger of God. The finger of God. And you saw what might be a cave entrance. And we'll find out what you do with that information next time on The Gothic Podcast. The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season two of The Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share. And check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks!
of that is that the god has been giving us the finger the entire time. <laughs> well, that's what it feels like. 